Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Well, as, as what happens with our dear friend, Pat Greenberg, who is our guest today, we finished and she was giving us such valuable information. I turned around and asked her if we could do a second podcast. The last podcast was really talking about Pat accepting her 60th birthday, okay? Which I think is just, it's a milestone and it's wonderful. But the more we talked and what I'd like to talk to Pat about some more is, and hello, Pat. And thank hello, you. Denise. Oh, hello, Denise. God. Happy to be here again. Oh my God, we could, we could just take this on the road. <laughs> but Pat has valuable information. And what I just said to Cindy as we were Zooming with Pat again is, Pat, it's accepting your aging. And this is something that I think we all think we're doing but I don't think we're really doing. And I've had a year to think about this in my in retirement, okay? Or moving into retirement. I'm retiring from my job, but I'm not retiring from my life. Right, absolutely. You said it, you hit, that's exactly what I was gonna say is all the years I know you, Denise, which I think is about 25 now, if not more. <laughs> uh, and you had an amazing, illustrious career. We're all still waiting for that memoir. I know, and, and I'm working um, on <laughs> that tell all because you really don't care at this point what you have to say about anybody and it's entertainment and it's real. And I think anything you have to say about one's life, regardless of what you've done, is valuable and beneficial to the reader. If someone can walk away with one little tidbit, um, entertain, feeling uh, that they can relate or something, they find something funny. I, I find this a lot because I've written several books and I'm looking to do more, is people are saying, look for humor in the story. That gets you a long way um, for yourself and for other people. And Denise, we're talking about the process of aging and accepting yes. the process. And one of the things that, uh, just do a quick recap, as we talked about how you will change physically, you will change emotionally, you'll change mentally, and um, they all play a, a they all play a role. They're all interchangeable. You know that Venn diagram where there's a a circle of uh, of your, your health, your wellness, and then the circle of your mental capabilities. And then the third circle is, you know, how you relate to the rest of the world and what's the crossover. And the crossover is the better that you accept where you're at 100%, where am I at today? The better perspective you will have on the world around you. Because if you're not accepting, whether it's your age or God forbid an infirmity or the loss of a, a spouse, a loved one, a parent, or a, a, long, a, a pet that you've had for a long time, or let's talk something that's very real, the loss of a job, there is a grieving process with that. And we don't always get to the acceptance phase right away. And I think that that has to do with everything, with aging, with limitations you're given. Let me also say when we're aging, which we are from about 30 years old on, which is kind of funny and it's very hard to believe because I still, and I know you did without a doubt, you still plowed through at 55 and 60 the way that a 25 year old, if the job required you to be there for 18 hours, stay up overnight, stand out in the cold, drink shitty coffee, whatever it took to get you to get through that job. That's what we did up until ages that were once considered, uh, be, you know, that was a rocking chair age. And now, you know, we're up and around doing that at much, much older ages for two reasons. One is that 
we've always been more capable than we've ever given ourselves ourselves credit for. And unfortunately, at 60 and 70, you can look back and go, wow, I was a whippersnapper, you know, at 30, 40 years old. And you look back and you think, you know, you could have done it, whatever anybody was telling you, you couldn't do or whatever limitations you put on yourself, you really only unfortunately see that at an older age, that you probably could have done 100 times more than what you did in 30 or 40 is no matter how grand the accomplishment is, is to realize you are, you can do so much. So as you age, if there's things you have to change, I, I want to get the, 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 the I, it's semantics, but I, I want to use words that are encouraging. Quitting, giving up, not allowed, I can't, I'm not supposed to. Let's get that out of our vocabulary and say, okay, I'm 60. I don't feel like going and running a marathon. Part of it's physical, part of it's mental. I don't feel like getting up at 5.30 in the morning, well, actually 4.30 in the morning to get online at 5.30 in the morning to stand out on the cold to prove that I can run a certain distance. What I will do is get up at 5.30 in the morning to make sure my family's okay, to play with my dog, to go for a walk, to check in on my friends who are in different time zones. We all have friends in time zones all over the world. I pick up the phone and I call people very randomly now just to see if they're okay. Yes. Which leads me into saying, Cindy and, and Denise, for all of us, what's the best way to feel good about yourself? It's to surround yourself with people who love you. So when you go into the supermarket, that famous Grace and Frankie episode where the young cashier would not help them and this young girl comes in and he, he looks right past the older women and, and helps the young girl. That's his primal instinct to want to, you know, it's sexual aggression, whatever you want to call it, towards a girl that he wants to be with and ignores the older women. Turn around and call me. You know, what, why waste your time being pissed off at a 21-year-old kid who doesn't know any better, doesn't care to know any better? Do you want to spend your time yelling, screaming, and training a 21-year-old? Surround yourself with people who are going to make you feel good about yourself. That's a blip in your day and it should not be. But I know many people that are experiencing that through their work, through their lives, with their families and letting it ruin their day, their week, their year even. I, Pat, this is something I see all the time. Mm -hmm. And some of it is as we age, some of it as a sense of, I, I see people will say things like, well, I stayed home for two hours and the cable man didn't show up, but he did call me, but I wasted two hours. Okay, now just a minute. If we put a different spin on that, in the two hours, when something like that happens to me, I think this is a great time for me to, and the semi, clean out that cabinet that's uh -huh, always a mess, uh -huh. but I, it's, I'm right there, I'm next to the front door, so why don't I clean that out? Or why don't I polish? that beautiful antique chest that I need to do, but I've been putting off. So I'll do it in that two hour span. I think, and this is just because I'm not talking about now in the pandemic, I'm talking about almost any time, but certainly, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it certainly it, everything seems exasperated during the right. pandemic. Right. Something goes wrong. It can be a minor thing. My car wouldn't start. Okay. Now I know that's a big deal if you can't get to work and maybe you, you know, but can you call an Uber at that moment and not, and then get to work, call your boss. I'm going to be 20 minutes late. I'm taking Uber. Okay. Take the Uber. I know that's another $20 you weren't expecting, but then get over that hurdle. That's right. 
That's right. And go on with your day. And maybe that's the day that you have the best sales day you've ever had at your job. Or, I mean, the other day, and then back to you, Pat, the other one, Cindy, who, of course, for 20 years, I look back now, I think, hmm, Cindy babied me. It's Cindy's fault because, no, I didn't have to learn about a lot of the computer things because I paid Cindy to do that. And guess what? She did a better job than I did. I was happy. But you know what? Now, the other day, I actually had to upgrade like Microsoft by myself that, but I followed the instructions. And instead of being frustrated or pissy, I just followed the instructions and I did it. And then I said to my husband, oh my God, I'm practically Steve Jobs. I was like a nerd on the computer day. But when I told her, she said, God, good for you, Denise. Then she kind of checked my work today, like the first grade teacher that I need. But you know what? I can do things that I have not done before in my lifetime. And you know what? It's a good thing. I can't wait. I can't wait for Cindy to be available to help me with something. Denise, you said you took the words out of my mouth. What I want to say is also to to take that challenge. My brother um, is, this is what he does for a living. He designs um, uh, desktop systems and networking systems. He's been at it a very long time. And he says to me, we're all sitting here in our 50s and 60s saying, I can never learn the technology like the kids do. I don't even know how to turn my computer on. I'm a, I'm a simpleton. I'm adult, uh, a D-O-L-T, not an adult, adult. <laughs> and um, I, I, I'll never learn this. I'm going to be left behind. What Stephen said so eloquently is that nobody knows what they're doing. A new phone comes out. It doesn't matter if you're an employee of Apple or you're uh, an old senior at home. Nobody knows how to work this. Everybody has to go through that learning curve. And so you may never ever, like same with our, our new cars, our smart cars, our smart, you may never use the full capacity of that instrument, but so what? You need to use it. You learn how to make a phone call. You, need, you, le- you learn to set up your emails. And I've, we've all been there. I, was, I, I had a meltdown the other day. I actually was, I threw a chair in the office. I was on the phone with Microsoft and nobody was getting on the phone. It was press this button. But by, by 20 minutes, I was going to kill someone. My husband says, you need to go for a walk. You're insane. Because I couldn't believe in this day and age that I couldn't just call and get an answer. When you can't, deep breath, and, and you can do it. You can figure it out. And we have a crisis in our country now of seniors who are living alone, elder adults, people who have chosen to live alone because that's their life path. And now we can't get to them because of the pandemic. And more now than ever, we have to make things idiot proof for people. So I have an idiot proof phone and I have an idiot proof laptop. It's a question of my having to learn it. So please, all of you out there, do not beat yourself up for not knowing how to operate machinery or operate a phone, or I don't even, I, I, I got this, um, uh, ba- uh, I, my granddaughter came and we got a high chair. Now, even with my own daughter, when I was growing up, you had a seat, a tray, you shoved the tray in, the kid ate, you took the tray out, you folded the chair up, end of story. Now it has ergonomically correct uh, height and the back and the chair and the cushion. I wanted to throw the thing out. I couldn't figure out how to set up the high chair. Thank God my son-in-law is an engineer, but it took him a while. So 
what you're talking about, Pat, where we internalize this, and this is what yes. you were talking about, the process yes. of aging and letting yes. yourself off the hook and getting better. I know when I can't do something, I immediately turn it against myself and I'll say to my husband, God damn it, why don't they just make it simple? You just used to turn on the TV. Now we have, well, but in fact, I love Netflix and all the tiles that now come with TV yes. more than anything. So, in, but I will turn it against myself if I fail at something right. now. And what your husband said to you, go for a walk. I've learned something. If I freak myself out and when I'm under stress or I'm talking negative to myself, it's not going to work. If I, in fact, turn the screw in my own brain that says, hey, you just got to calm down. You can take care of this, Denise. All of a sudden, I can do it again. Because, and I think that it's very difficult as we age from all different perspectives. But people treat us, as, as your example of Grace, you know, Frankie and Grace, people treat us like we're old and feeble. Right. And sometimes we internalize that we're old and feeble. That's exactly right. And like I said, I there's a fine line because there is some reality in getting older that certain things do get, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I hate using the word harder, but um, you, as things get harder, you need to be easier on yourself. Yes. I guess Perfect. is what I'm saying. Okay. okay. Now, I also want to talk a little bit about, um, we talked extensively about how you can make your surroundings work for you and and and, and make it pleasant for you. And the physiology of aging is critical for you to understand. I really, you know, I tell people all the time, when you look, there's, there's a feeling of um, whether it's envy or looking at someone younger than you saying, wow, they have such nice hair. Or I remember when I had that, uh, that kind of hair, or I remember what, you know, when I was young and thin, and now I have cellulite all over my ass and my legs. Um, everybody does. Everything nowadays is smoke and mirrors. And keep in mind, you are not always getting an accurate reality uh, check about how people are aging and what's going on with their age. So let's talk about just for a second, um, when you get older and your body starts to change, you're horrified by your own being. And, and that I wanna work on changing also, is that, okay, you might have to cut your hair a little bit shorter because it's not growing well, or you might have to change your transition from high heels to flat shoes. And somewhere along the line, it's ingrained in you that high heels are the only way to go. They're the only thing that's gonna make you look good. And if you talk to podiatrists and hip specialists now, their mantra is, I wish you would have known at 25 and 30 not to wear high heels. It's done terrible things to your back and your hips and your legs. So let's talk about how we're going to let the changes in our lives make us feel well again. That's really, we, we're wearing flat shoes or we're wearing sneakers, not because you're a slob and you don't know how to dress well. It's because it's really good for you. And I'm a big good for your feet person. Can I, do, I'm gonna give you a, a little plug that and maybe we can hit them up down the road at some point. Uh, springstep.com. Okay. It's um, good for your feet shoes that are beautifully designed. So that's something I've been doing now for the last, I'd say 15 years is I buy low heeled, good for your feet shoes. Uh, we all 
don't want to be seen with an orthopedic shoe. Um, and it's got, it's, that's the make, but yet they design it and decorate it beautifully. Um, the other thing is hearing aids. If you can't hear and you're getting angry that's and right. people are screaming at you and my husband says, stop screaming at me. And I'm like, well, I asked you four times. He goes, no, you didn't. And okay. I said, you, you didn't hear me. And, you know, I try to be gentle. So now I've learned to walk over and speak closely, closer to him. Okay. Um, big deal, Pat. It's a very big deal. And people won't put their hearing aids in and won't admit they can't hear. And you're, you're missing out on life. You're missing out on the beautiful sounds of the world and your children and your grandchildren and the TV um, and the radio and the stereo. If you don't take care of your hearing and hearing loss happens at a lot younger ages than you realize, it starts to happen at around 45. Okay. The other thing is vision. You've got to get your vision checked. People are still to this day, astoundingly embarrassed to wear their glasses. And so the world is blurry. Do you want to have a clear world? Do you want to have a blurry world? It's very simple. The hearing, I need to go back to that. And I say this, Pat, because I have a little hearing loss. Mm -hmm. Now, so my husband yells across our good size home and I don't hear him. So I've learned now, I turn around to him and I'll say, Ken, you need to come close to me and tell me what you want. Uh, Because if I'm cooking or have my head in the cabinet or the dishwasher's going, there's no chance I'm gonna hear him. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't have enough of a loss that a hearing aid will really behoove me at this time because I've had it checked. But what you're talking about is, and this is when Couples, older people, one, I think if you lived alone and you've lost your, losing your hearing, that can be so isolating and absolutely, absolutely. and your vision also and your mobility. But if you're in a couple and you can't hear each other, I think there can be a toxicity that becomes so very real. Do you know what I mean? And I've seen it in older couples in my family where I, was, I would say to my mother, mom, he's not ignoring you. He can't hear you. That's right. That's right. So everything you're bringing up, and these are all, how can we, we can't fight them. You can't push back the river, but you can accept them and find a way to help. And I also want to tell you the acceptance of um, physiology is also, um, I'm giving myself a little notes here, but a little later in the program, I want to talk about, um, you know, living arrangements Um, and end of life care and how that plays a role in what you're doing now. So when you start to accept, fully, fully accept uh, your, uh, where you are at today, and I say this physically, financially, mentally accepting, go open up your bank accounts and see what you have. Do you have 18 credit cards? Start consolidating, call What's interesting to me, Denise, that I think is generational and I think it's changing now because young kids, uh, good or bad, don't want to do a lot of things for themselves. All the financial planners out in the world there right now, the the number of seniors that don't get help far outweigh the number of people that are there willing to help, if that makes sense. People are afraid to show their money. They're afraid of being robbed. They're afraid of being so. Therefore, their money might be sitting in a way that's not in their best interest, um, and it may not be helping them have money later in life. So if you say to yourself, okay, I'm physically here. This is my physical capabilities. 
which may or may not decline with age, but whatever that decline is going to mean, whether it's mild or severe, I need to be in a place where I'm going to have what I need when I reach that point where I can't take care of myself. So you may just be starting out with, with not very much. And I always tell people, can you save a dollar a day? At the end of the year, you'll have $365. And it could be mad money. It could be uh, something to start a savings account with. It could be used to pay a bill. Do you have $5 a day you can start with? How about every day? Remember the old cook, you know, uh, piggy bank we had in our rooms or the yeah. big glass jar? And then when you turned 18, you went, in, went to the bank and rolled up all those pennies? Why not do it now? Stick a dollar in every day or $5, whatever you can afford, and don't touch it. And at the end of the year, you'll have a little bit of a cash reserve. So you can start that at any age. You can start that at 40, 50, 60, 70. That's one thing. Very, And I'm not talking about complicated financial planning. I'm talking about finding a way to have that little bit of cushion. God forbid, a ride to the emergency room. Um, Christmas time comes around. You don't have enough money for gifts for your family. That little extra $300,000, $500,000 is going to help. So you see where I'm going with this. Absolutely. It's a tiny amount to make all the difference in your life to not feel like a loser, a failure, and completely stressed out. Because every year that goes by that you don't make that little bit of plan, it gets harder to do. Honey, so I say this to my two nieces who luckily, my sister was an excellent um, saver. Okay. Uh -huh. In my family, here's an example, one saver and it's great. My sister in the middle, the greatest saver you ever met. And me, Pat, who was not a saver, who made more money than both of them. Do you right. see what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> so, and I had this conversation with a friend of mine. It's not how much money you make. It's how much money you save. That's correct. And one of the, the only, my advice to anyone younger, but luckily my two nieces have already gotten this message. So I'll say, I don't care how, what age you are, how much money you make. Don't use credit cards. Right. Uh, unless it's an emergency. Right. So if you don't have, see, because, and this is where I think a change in our, from when you and I were kids, right. certainly me growing up, uh, my parents, it, there weren't credit cards. So if you didn't have the money, you didn't buy it. That was correct. That's exactly right. There was no and, such thing as buying on, yeah, on buying on faith. Now, when I work with younger people and many times women, but when I work with them in different consulting and then they talk to me, if you have an enormous amount of credit card debt in your 30s, you're going to have a problem later in life. That's right. That's right. Unless, God forbid, I mean, there's always the, you know that your parents are filthy rich and they're going to die and leave you a whole lot of money. Not a great financial plan, but at least you have a plan. Okay. Yeah. Or marrying well. Yeah. Yep. It, you know, that was my generation was marry well. Well, that's a little freaky too, because you can marry well and the poor man can get cancer in two years and die. That's on right. you. You know right. There's no that. guarantees in life. There's no guarantees. And everybody raise your hand if your life did not turn out the way you planned. Exactly. Okay. I so, yeah. That's, a great, so what, what, that's the name of your next book. My life didn't turn out the way I planned. My friend wrote a book called... Uh, um, uh, life got in the way of, of uh, life gets in the way of your plans. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, something to that effect. But, you know, I'll tell you, then the other aspect of this is, so we have accepting our, our situation physically and what can you do to improve that or to sustain it? 
accepting our lives financially, very, very important. And if you don't have a lot, I want, this is what leads into living arrangements. I, if I would move into a 55 and over a complex in an instant, I really believe in the power of having friendships and people around. I think you can make friends at any age. You know, we all use the golden girls as a reference. Why not? If you're alone and single and you have a group of girlfriends and you could pull resources, I can't tell you how many people I encounter in my work in speaking engagements and classes and things that I've done over the years, whether they be the cooking classes or just wellness seminars that I do, who say to me, oh, I don't want to be around a bunch of old people. And it's like, that's what you are. Being around a bunch of old people can be one of the most rewarding experiences. Uh, I'm an avid knitter. And, you know, when I, my, I try to teach my daughter, she goes, oh, that's, you know, that's for old ladies. I have turned this into a, a phenomenal side hobby. And what I do is I knit scarves and I give them to people who have something going on, whether it's an illness or psychological trauma. You've seen some of my work. Gorgeous. And I, I just, when someone calls me and says, you know, a friend of mine is having not COVID related, but having severe lung issues and he lives in a cold climate. So I just made a scarf for him to keep himself warm. So there are so many rewarding ways to um, have hobbies and be around other people, card games, book clubs, knitting circles. When you surround yourself with other seniors, you have things in common. When I'm around people 30 years younger than me, it's not even that I feel bad about myself. It's just, there, there isn't a lot to talk about, but when I'm around gals between, I'd say 55 and 70, it's like a pool of best friends. And so many people now are uh, doing gatherings online, which again is not ideal, but we're making new friends where we're rekindling old friendships. And in the vein of, of friendships and wellness and being around other people, I encourage all of you to pick up the phone and call somebody that you haven't talked to in a while. Because, and on a deeper level, I'd like to see people repair relationships of people that they may not be speaking to, or you will get way more reward than the person you're calling. I want you to know that the person you're calling will be so thrilled to hear from you or somebody you've had a rift with for a while. I'm just calling to see if you're okay. You can't repair everything, but it's like telling a secret or confessing a crime. (laughs) It's like you get it off your chest because it's weighed so heavy on you that this person's not speaking to you or you're not speaking to them. And maybe for many years, it was awkward to go to family gatherings. Now you can do it a little incognito behind behind the safety of a phone or a Zoom call, but you will open yourself up to letting go and releasing these, these horrible tensions. Uh-huh. I believe one of the oh, things that ages you the most is uh, not being your true self and not letting the truth out. So keeping secrets and hiding who you really are is very, very bad for you as you age. Oh, Pat, you just, and you know what? It's another way you use the term letting go there, but it's another way of forgiving yourself. That's correct. One of the things I was saying this to Cindy when we took our break before zooming you back. When I look back now, when you have more time to think about it, when we were talking about stress and forgiveness, Mm -hmm. I look back on decisions I made sometimes in business. They were the best decision I could make at the moment. Mm 
but I may have been under so much stress that that's all I could do. Okay. Would I handle it that way today? Probably not. But at the moment, so when we see young people in our food styling group, not making good decisions, if I know anything about them, I think they're making the best decision I can at the moment, but they, they're either broke or they don't right. know how to sell yet, or they don't know how to defend themselves or all the things yes. that come with age. So, but I say this to Cindy all the time, when I get seven hours of sleep now, seven hours of gorgeous sleep every night, I, t- I exercise, I, not, I, don't, I won't only use exercise. I have more time to just take a walk and work in my garden. So of course I don't have the same stress that I used to have. I don't right. have payroll. Payroll kill you faster yes. than anything else. That's absolutely. People absolutely. don't realize it. You know, you like to criticize your boss. Well, let find out what it's like to hit, make a 10 or 15 or $100,000 payroll every month and what that's, that's right. Your, your brain and that'll kill you. So uh, your comment of reaching out to people during this time that you might, that kind of thing, it does eat at you, Pat. It'll yes. kill you after a while. It kills you because you have unresolved and you can't forgive yourself. That's correct. You're right. I mean, and anytime you're angry, anytime you're resentful, anytime you're feeling hostility or hate, these are all these buzzwords you're hearing yeah. now on social media. The only person it's hurting is you. You are so correct. You couldn't be any more correct. Oh, now I feel like I'm having, maybe we should call this, this, Cindy and I were saying after you started the process of aging and Pat, but I really think these are just epiphanies that we have, but you have to have time to realize the epiphany. Do you see, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I I, want to also just transition over into um, something that uh, we all think we have a handle on and yet we don't, which is our appearance as we age. Yes. And something that uh, is very pervasive more in the big cities. I mean, it's, it's international now. There's no getting around it. But there, I actually have been interviewing a dermatologist and I'm going to just hopefully doing some work with her on my web series, which is also eat well, live well, age well. And to talk about what is her approach now? Now she's in her sixties and she's a very novel approach to uh, cosmetics or cosmetic enhancements. Let's put it that way. Um, She said, what everything you do should be empowering. And what we do here is we don't try to take you at 60 and make you look 40. What we try to do is make you feel good about yourself. So as you age, and your face droops, also very normal, and your mouth and your eyes become crooked and uneven. (laughs) One of the things that makes you look tired and older is asymmetry. So what the dermatologists are doing now are doing enhancements that make your face look symmetrical. So if your left cheek is more sunken than your right cheek, they'll put a filler in to kind of even out how your face looks. So that's what we talk about when we say you look refreshed or you look like you had a vacation. You look ridiculous when you start cutting your face up and you have this tight face that you're trying to look 40, the rest of your body is 60. Um, And it's, it's really isn't good for the face because even the amount of time you're getting, it's full blown surgery. And 
she talked me through all that. She said, because I said to her, I never had anything done because I never feel like I needed it. She said, yes, by 55, 60, aging accelerates and your face starts to look uneven. And so I'm all for people going and having what I call empowering enhancements. Okay. Now, first of all, this is going to be a whole nother show. Yes. Okay? So yeah. I'm going to stop you now because... And thank you again for your time, but we're going to come back and do that. And here's the reason, Pat. Mm -hmm. I took a selfie the other day. Just I was just checking the lighting, makeup, before I did a little video, just giving some books away on the podcast. And I thought, what did one of my eyes, have I always had one eye that's like two inches shorter? And I thought, I, I'm sure that wasn't like that right. as a young woman. Why did people tell me I was pretty when I actually look like a one-eyed monster? So that was one of those ugly, ugly days. I think I think I then did not do a video because I kind of was so bereft. I just said, yeah, there's some fucking winners here, y'all. Yeah. Get, get the damn books. I don't want to. <laughs> so that's, you're coming back to talk about that again. Okay. That's a brilliant idea. Thank you. And then we'll also be able to, people should go to your web series. So Miss Pat, as always, you gave us so much to think about. I can't thank, thank you. Enough. Thank you. And we will do in the new year, we'll have to do a live Zoom, Pat, where everybody yes. can yes. ask you questions live because, and that's really fun. And I've actually participated in a couple of them and they were wonderful. And thank God, Cindy, of course, will handle the yes. technology. I will supervise which means I will say things like, oh, you're really smart. That's so great. Thank you. So honey, thank you. Anyone you're welcome. It's so good to see you as usual. Womenbeyondacertainage.com. Cindy, we archive our podcast. We ever, the, there are things that happen on the um, Facebook page. We tell people about giveaways, about books, about emailing us. So people, please keep in touch with us. I can't tell you how much how great it makes everyone feel, Cindy and I and our guests, when we get a, a note or a message, people saying, you turned, you turned a screw in my head that I needed to be tightened and helped. So Miss Pat, thank you. Miss Cindy, thank you. Yes, and health and wellness and happiness to all of you for many years to come. All of us. Bye girls. Bye thank honey, you. thank you so thank much. You.